0: Welcome back for Mum Talk Series 6, hosted by myself, Emma Jolin, mum to Amandine, who was born in September 2018. If you are new here, on this podcast I share my journey as a mum, from pregnancy to life now with a baby, sharing all the highs and all the lows. As we go through this series, I will be joined by knowledgeable guests, some experts in their field, and also mums and dads sharing their experience of pregnancy and parenthood. As always, you can trust in Mum Talk to be honest, real, and informative and provide plenty of nod along and me too moments. Wherever you may be, thank you for listening and enjoy being part of today's conversation. Hello, and welcome back for this week's episode of Mum Talk Series 6, Episode 7. So, as you might be able to hear, I am still suffering with this horrible, horrible cold, which has almost been with me for about three weeks. Anyway, I don't want you guys to have to listen to my blocked up voice. Um, for a whole episode. So it gives me a wonderful excuse to put live a podcast I recorded when Amundine was about six months old with one of my friends who also has a six month old baby and talking about her birth story. And I thought it was about time for a lovely birth story. So here you all are. Enjoy today's podcast. I will just say our babies were both with us. And thinking back to how noisy they were when we recorded this Podcast, you will be hearing quite a few goo goo and gagas. So do just be prepared for that during this recording. Otherwise, enjoy. Okay, so I am here with Charlie. Charlie is one of, well, we met through yoga and then Charlie got pregnant similar time to me and has a almost six, six. month old. Little bubba called Meredith, who is absolutely gorgeous. We are recording this podcast with both babies here, um, and both of them aren't particularly happy, so we will see what happens with this podcast. We may have to press pause a, numer- a number of times. So Charlie is here to share with us her birth story because we all love a good birth story. Let's discuss first how your pregnancy went. How did you find pregnancy? Um,
1: I think I found it reason. I think I was quite lucky. Um, I when I first, I found out I was up very early sort of like literally around four weeks and um, for the first few weeks felt absolutely great and thought oh you know maybe I'm really fit and healthy and you know I'm going to be fine <laughs> and then I think I, I, I woke up one day and thought I had like some kind of gastroenteritis because I felt so <laughs> nauseated and I felt so ill um, but to be honest I did have I had quite a bit of nausea I was never actually sick although I never am um, and uh, I was pretty healthy through the whole pregnancy, and I kind of carried on doing lots of stuff and I worked pretty much to the end
0: so um, share so with
1: I was, yeah it, I think I was quite lucky to be honest.
0: share with us your job because you work in a medical role, don't you yep
1: so i'm I'm a doctor, but i'm and i uh, my specialty is general surgery um and so I'm a sort of registrar level, which is kind of... Um, I've been qualified for 10 years, but I'm not quite a consultant yet. I've got another two years of training left. Uh, So I've been on my feet quite a lot um, and operating for um, sometimes just half an hour, sometimes like sort of multiple hours on end in theatre. Um, So quite a lot of time on my feet.
0: Which Um, must have been tough during pregnancy. Yeah, the job I was doing was,
1: I I was quite lucky. It wasn't the busiest job I've ever done. Um, So I, I was busy at times, but I also had a little bit of sort of recovery time. Um, so it was quite a good job to be doing while I was pregnant. Um, but yeah, to be honest, I'm kind of... A, I like to stay quite fit and active. And I think, to be honest, I always feel better the more I do and the, the busier I am anyway. So um, so yeah, it was fine. And um, yeah, if I needed to take it easy, I just took it easy.
0: And you're a runner, aren't you?
1: So when uh, did you? Yes. how did
0: you find that during pregnancy? When did you um, stop? So I carried on running...
1: In my first trimester, I, I just slowed down. Um, I think uh, the advice is kind of that you don't raise your core temperature too high. Right. So I didn't kind of do any really hard runs. I just sort of, I kind of kept everything really easy. Probably didn't do quite as much, but actually sometimes running when you feel better, kind of get some fresh air and clear your head a little bit. Um, I... Uh, found by the kind of, by about, I guess, 13, 14 weeks, I needed to pee all the time. Um, And thankfully, I run on trail a lot, so I (laughs) run in the woods. (laughs) That that wasn't quite so much of an issue. Um, But I did get to about, I think I got to about 22, 23 weeks, and I sort of, that was becoming more uncomfortable and making the whole thing less enjoyable. Mm. So I kind of got to a point where I sort of stopped calling it running and I would go for a walk and I'd go for a hike and I if I felt like jogging or running a bit I would so it didn't completely stop but Mm. um I kind of stopped calling it running I think psychologically if I if I was walking I kind of and should have been running then that kind of felt like a bit of failure whereas if I stopped calling it running but I happened to have a little bit of a jog while I was out. That was kind of okay. Yeah. Um, Some tricks of the mind. Yeah. So and I and I um, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of swimming, but I did go swimming sort of two or three times a week from the point really where I sort of stopped running right up, again right up until the end. Yeah. Um, and for because because of the season, I was really lucky that I there's quite a few outdoor pools. In, in Devon so I I would go swimming in the outdoor pools which is so much nicer than the indoor pools so that was also quite nice I used yeah. to get up early and go before work lovely because I probably would be tired by the end of the day and not bother to do anything in the evening so I actually found it easier even if I had to get up at five thirty, to just get up and get it done in the morning before work and then um, and then I could just relax in the evening when I finished
0: yeah absolutely so how was uh, your Birth. So tell us, when did it all start? When did you go into labour? How many weeks were you?
1: So I was thirty-nine plus one. Yeah, I was thirty-nine weeks on the Monday, and on the Tuesday evening, I started having um some contractions that just felt a little bit different to Braxton Hicks. I was stood in the kitchen, I was like, oh, that feels more uncomfortable and more painful. That feels different. Um, and we'd been doing loads of decorating. And the house was still a bit of a mess. And so my husband and I basically turbo-cleaned the house for two hours because we were like, I don't know what's, whether this is going to be something or nothing. Yeah. Um, but the house is still a complete state. And if I have to go to hospital tonight, I don't want to come home to it like this. It yeah. So um, I don't think either of us have ever moved so quickly in terms of like cleaning and tidying. Um, so we sort of did that. And I went to bed that night not really knowing what was going to happen. Um, and sort of dozed, but having contractions... Uh, I don't really know how often they were between 10 and 20 minutes they were reasonably regular but not kind of like getting much closer together and I think by about three or four in the morning I was just fed up and went and watched tv because I just didn't really sleep um and just went and camped out and watched tv instead and I started using a tens machine I think overnight and then sort of got up on the Tuesday the Wednesday morning and things kind of stayed the same all day like The contractions were uncomfortable and they were quite regular, but they weren't kind of, they talk, in all the antenatal classes, they talk about one in five, you know, one contraction in five minutes lasting a whole minute. Um, And they sort of never were quite that close together or they'd start to get closer together and then they'd, you know, drift apart again. And again, that kind of happened sort of all day. I went out for a walk in the afternoon. It was a nice sunny day. And in the evening, I didn't bother to go to bed. I thought, I'll just camp out on the sofa. My husband went to bed because I was like, at least one of us needs to get some sleep. Um, and over the course of the evening and the night, they just got more and more uncomfortable and more and more um, painful. And the TENS machine wasn't really doing anything anymore. And I think I woke him up at like five in the morning to sort of say, I don't think I can do this for much longer. And um, he sort of got up and had a shower and, dressed and things and I phoned the hospital at about six and spoke to the triage midwife and they were sort of like you're in early labour sounds Mm. like you're coping really well which I think (laughs) is what they say to everybody um uh, and um they were like see how it goes over the you know the next hour or so and and sort of put the phone down thinking I feel like I need to go in now um but again, we just, we both made sure we'd had something to eat and had a quick shower and stuff like that. And I think by about nine o'clock, I really, I think I phoned them back and was like, I need to come in now. I think there was this kind of, kind of quite clear in my head. I was like, I'm not doing this at home anymore.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. And so we went in and I think I had four of the most unbearable contractions in the car because it was like strapped into the front of the car. It was just awful. Um, and um, as uh, unfortunately always there was no parking so I think I got dropped off at the door oh my while my God husband no. drove around the car park for about half an hour Oh no! and I had another couple of tractions on the way up to the tri- up to triage and um, eventually went in and then triage was really busy, um, absolutely rammed and I think the midwife that kind of met me sort of realised that I did at least need to be assessed um, and so I ended up going round to labour ward into a room because that was the space they had to actually examine me right um and so started kind of checking in with the midwife they started taking the history and things and going through things and again they were like oh you look like you're coping really well we might have to send you home or might send you to the cafeteria or whatever you know thinking and so and then and then got to the examination part examined me and i'm thinking please don't tell me i'm like two centimeters and she was like oh um I'm just going to go get the matron um, to re-examine you because I think you might be fully dilated. Oh, my goodness. And um, I was like, oh, well, at least I'm not two centimetres.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: And actually, as she walked out of the room, my waters broke because they hadn't broken before that. Okay. um, And everything was really getting quite painful and quite very close together at that point it seemed to be you know rampant I think actually for me going into hospital everything seemed they kind of worry that things slow down but I think everything (laughs) sped up yeah it was the Um, same for me and um yeah so uh we um by the time she came back they re-examined me and I think they said I was nine centimeters because I think sometimes after your water's gone and that pressure's gone sometimes it kind of goes back a little bit right um this was 11 in the morning yeah, About 11 in the morning, they said, Oh, we'll re examine you in two hours. Um, I was thinking that's quite a long time, wasn't yeah. We? Um, but in actual fact, within my contractions were getting really strong and really close together. Um, I was having gas and air, um, which I think just, if nothing else, it just made me breathe deeply and slowly. Um, uh, and they were struggling to pick up um her heart rate with the um just with the handheld um ultrasound Doppler that they use just to pick up the heart rate um I don't know whether it was position or something so because of that they tried they got me onto the bed um so that they could put the monitoring on the CTG monitoring um and again they couldn't really pick it up her heart rate very well with the monitor um, and I guess this was probably about 12 o'clock and actually meanwhile the contractions I've been having I was having a real urge to push at the end of them um, and sort of having to try and resist that because supposedly I was only 9 centimeters and I wasn't, you know, wasn't ready yet yeah. um, and um, so they in the end they had to put the FSE clip on her head to pick up the heart rate um, because the the kind of external monitoring just wasn't really working and she, her heart rate was dipping and not kind of coming up again mm. So they re-examined me to put the clip on and went, oh, you can push. And I think the head had come right down in that right. kind of, I guess it was an hour of um, those contractions where I was actually feeling the urge to push and kind of having to resist. So I guess that was her head coming down. Um, and so I was on the monitor because of her Her heart rate was sort of dipping. It was like her head didn't like being squashed through my pelvis. And they did actually call the paediatricians into the room. Um, but thankfully they weren't needed. They just were kind of on standby. And they put me, um, unfortunately, I was in a very uncomfortable position because I had to go in stirrups on the bed okay. and had to push like now. Um, so the actual delivery was quite quick, mm. not majorly stressed. I was kind of aware of what I was aware, very aware of the monitor next to me and her heart rate because I know what it means. Yes. Um, and so I was slightly stressed by that. But I basically just had to push. And they kind of threatened an episiotomy once or twice of a kind of, if, if the head's not out with the next push, we're going to have to help it. But thankfully, I, yeah, just just managed to push her out before they kind of had to do anything. Oh, well done. Um, really. Didn't need, you know, any kind of assistance or anything. Mm-hmm. And um, and as soon as her head was out, she was fine. So Pete's kind of walked out of the room um, as soon as she was delivered. And the... um they do their kind of APGAR scoring and stuff to check that the baby's okay. Um, so yeah, they were just they were in the room, but they weren't needed at all. Yeah. And then, yeah, it was fine. Um, and then she, yeah, so skin to skin straight away, she fed pretty much immediately, um, which was lovely. And yeah, she just kind of found her own way there. Good girl. And I, yeah, that was it. That was delivery. Was, so the delivery, though the labour was long, although I was at home for, pretty much 36 hours yeah but actually the delivery itself was very quick I mean I was delivered I think delivered at 25 past 12 so was delivered within two and a half hours of being wow. in the hospital wow. um so yeah so no no hanging around at this bag packed with you know like all these snacks and everything yeah. like anticipating this like labor in hospital and needing to keep energy up and things and I was just like she was out in two and a half hours of being there
0: and did you so. stay long um <laughs>
1: No we didn't, so we basically, because it was, we delivered just before lunchtime, um, we kind of, they said, the initial assumption was that we would go to the postnatal ward and we sort of said, you know, if we're feeling okay later, if she's feeling well, you know, would we be able to go home this evening? Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and they were, they were sort of said, yeah, well we'll get you out to the postnatal ward and then we can do that. And then a little while later they kind of came back and said, actually the postnatal ward's really grand, if you want to go home that's okay. We'll keep you hit basically. So essentially, we just stayed in the same room on labour ward until we um, until we left. And we left at about... They just have to make sure that you... That they're feeding okay and that you're well enough hydrated to have, like, uh, peed at re- decent volume and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, so we went... I think we left about six or seven in the evening. Six in the evening, I think we were home by seven. And then I think we got home and went, oh, shit, what have we done? <laughs> like,
0: uh,
1: we were at home on our own with a baby. What do we do? <laughs> um, so yeah, that was like moment when we got home, going, "Oh no, what do we do now?" <laughs> um, but I'm kind of glad that we didn't have to stay in yes. overnight that night yes. because um, I've not. Yeah, I just I know that the postnatal ward's really busy and noisy, and I think you're so knackered anyway. Like if you can, if you can do it at home, then then um, yeah, it was nice to be at home. I think we woke up the next morning and went, she's still alive!
0: No, it's, it is terrifying that first night, isn't it? I found that the first night really terrifying. Um, so was there any reason why you were on the Labour Ward? Was there any reason... Did you pick the Labour Ward or...? It, it was a bit half and half. No. I... Um,
1: I had a DVT, a blood clot, when I was on the pill when I was 21. Right. Which theoretically made me high risk for clots during pregnancy. Right. Um, uh, and so I was on um, a blood thinner, like injection for the whole of my pregnancy. Okay. Um, so that kind of makes you higher risk, although actually, I because I'd been in labour for quite a long time at home, I hadn't had any blood thinning medication for... 48 hours when I went in because of when I'd stopped taking it so actually and the rest of my pregnancy was uncomplicated so theoretically I should have been fine for the, the um, midwife led but um they were full and to be honest I think I wanted to be on labour ward anyway it was yes. just coincidence that when I walked in the door maternity led services were the yeah the birth unit was full and there was a room on labor ward and that's where i ended up and because of the fragment that i've been taking the blood thinner um theoretically i was supposed to go to labor ward because it made me slightly higher risk yeah but it was a bit i was kind of in between yeah the pregnancy had been fine and uncomplicated but obviously i think i'd i'd been taking blood thinners through the whole thing yeah
0: um and that was an extra that was extra yeah And were you, um, was everyone lovely there? We had such a lovely experience. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: I mean, like I said, we were, well, I was on the postnatal ward a week later, but the labour ward, yeah, everyone was really nice, um, and I felt really confident with the midwife that I had, um, and also that she was very keen to kind of get the matron in if needed, and so I felt very comfortable that um, even if there was something that she was worried about, that she was kind of escalating up the up the tree kind of appropriately if you know if needed to be because i think the problem as a medic is i've seen the worst of it and yes. i yes i mean it's a long time since i did an obstetrics and gynecology job i think it was um, 2009 10 that i did that job but you see the worst yeah and you see all the emergency stuff and i think i my one fear was that it wouldn't be if something if it was going wrong that it wouldn't be noticed and it wouldn't be Picked up on. I think that was my my, my fear that um, if it was all normal, that was amazing. And thankfully, it was felt. You know, it was all pretty normal. Um, but um, that you know, if something was going wrong, I kind of wanted it to be wanted to be in the right place and wanted wanted yeah. it to be noticed and something done about it.
0: Absolutely. Would you say that being in the medical background okay. helped you during your pregnancy and then during your labour, or actually hindered because you knew what things meant and you knew how bad things could kind of go um, wrong and you've seen the worst and you've seen the the best as well but it certainly put me off
1: I, I i never i mean actually i guess with the blood thinning medication it wouldn't have been an option but actually i never i, I never considered even a, a home birth yeah um, i was kind of okay with the idea of the birthing unit because i knew it was on site and i was on next to and i think the whole pregnancy and delivery i was very much if I need, if I, if it's all normal and if I don't, you know, and I'll have as little pain relief and things and, and as little kind of medical intervention as I as, as is possible. But if I need, if it needs to happen, it needs to happen, and I want to be in the right place for that. Yeah. So I guess I would have been. I would have felt. I would have felt scared at home. Um, I know a lot of people don't like hospitals and feel uncomfortable in that environment. But actually, I guess I, I work in that environment. I feel quite comfortable in that environment. I would have. I think I would have felt far. More far
0: less comfortable
1: if i had been at home
0: yeah Um, there was certainly a point in my labor when i wanted the reassurance of medical professionals and i didn't expect that to happen so that's where i was quite pleased that i actually needed somewhere to be which i think was why once i arrived in the hospital because i did arrive and i was only two centimeters dilated yeah so when i did arrive everything relaxed and you know i gave birth what like four hours i was gonna say you Gave birth very quickly if you were only two centimetres when you arrived. We arrived at 4am, I was two centimetres dilated, and then I gave birth at 8.30. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) That is speedy. So I think it was just me being so nervous at home, potentially, and yeah, yeah, crazy, crazy. Um, But wonderful. Yeah, and I guess my my
1: view on scans and things um, Mm. was very much like the 12-week scan to me uh, this sounds very it, it sounds very clinical but 12-week scan is a viability scan yeah. it's finding out that there is a baby there that it is the date that you think it is and that it's you know all looks okay the 20-week scan is an anomaly scan it's yeah. um we actually did find out the sex at the end as a bit of an afterthought but my concern with that scan was you know are all the bits in the right place and do they yes. look like they're kind of working properly? Rather um, than, rather, is rather than oh, it's girl. so exciting, we're seeing our baby again. It yeah. was very much like, this is the scan that tells us, you know, if the heart looks like it's got four chambers and it's pumping okay and, yes. you know, that kind of thing. Yes. Um, which sounds a bit clinical, but... Um, or an emotional, but...
0: No, not but at yeah, all. Um, I think it, it really does... You know, you can't avoid it. You are a medical professional. So, if you don't mind me asking, did you tear at all... Um, I did, but not. Um, so I had a, I had a labial tear and a and
1: a tear at the front inside. Um, so I did need stitches, and they actually got one of the doctors to come and do them because there was quite a bit of bleeding. I think from one of them. Right. But I didn't tear behind, so I didn't yeah. tear back, which was great.
0: And you healed okay, everything. Yes. Yeah. Um, I had a bit of a blip.
1: I woke up on. So I delivered on the Thursday. The following Wednesday, I woke up in the early hours of the morning, like shivering and freezing, freezing cold, um, and and then and sort of shivering and shaking, and had and then had really high temperatures, and ended up going back into hospital because they panicked quite a lot about kind of postpartum sepsis and right. um, things. Uh, I actually I think it was probably mastitis and yeah. uh, with my milk coming in and couldn't really pinpoint anything else but I ended up back in hospital for 48 hours because um I needed drip antibiotics which they never really got to the bottom of what caused it but I think it was mastitis I was worried because my stitches were really sore but actually I think that was just the healing process because there was no sign of any abscess or any kind of infection down there yeah um but I guess that' was one of the things that they thought about when I ended up back in yeah, so having had a delivery where I went home on day zero, um we ended up back in hospital for two days, like a week down the line um, but yeah i um I just felt like I had flu and had really high temperatures and sort of rigles, shivers, and shakes, and things.
0: oh gosh, that have um, been scary,
1: but got better very quickly actually as soon as I sort of had two dose two or three doses of antibiotics yeah. i um Yeah, the temperatures were down and um, they kind of kept me in as a precaution really just because when they look at the blood test, the infection markers were quite high. But they kind of trended down in the right direction. And um, yeah, and to to be honest, we went home. I was in hospital Wednesday to Friday and um, on the Saturday we went to Cornwall and went to the beach for the day. So I um, obviously was better very quickly. Um, Yeah, so I obviously got better, you know, very, very quickly in terms of kind of feeling... Slightly more human and temperature coming down and stuff. So yeah, we were, we went to the beach two days later.
0: Very nice. So as a runner, how is your pelvic floor? It's okay.
1: <laughs> um, it's not amazing. I waited six weeks, and I like to think I've done my pelvic floor exercises, but I probably haven't done them as much as I should have done. Um, I'm alright running on the flat. Downhill is a little interesting. Okay. Um, but um, it, it does. It is getting better. Um, And I have been back, I started running again after about, yeah, after about, I waited sort of six weeks, and it did start quite gradually, I kind of started um, just doing short runs, and I've kind of built up some distance again, but over, I mean, I'm talking like over the last four months, so yeah, um, yeah, it has taken time to kind of start to get back to
0: I have not started running again, and I have to say, I'm very nervous too, because even when I like do a few jumps, or like, burpees or something i don't feel like i'm gonna wean myself but it definitely doesn't feel the same no <laughs> that's um, for sure and i
1: you know i probably I probably haven't done as much public floor as i should have done
0: i definitely um, haven't i only do it when i remember and i never remember <laughs> so bad <laughs> but i think
1: it is getting better um and i think it's more noticeable if i'm more tired so if i have yeah if i i think i guess if i'm doing too much it's more noticeable yeah um and actually what i really noticed was my core felt really i like like it was strained i wouldn't say as much as it wasn't painful or like i'd you know done damage but certainly as i started to run again right at the sort of bottom of my of my kind of core muscles yeah and sort of where they join the pelvis felt um uh yeah felt felt kind of strained and I didn't have any major problems with diastasis or anything um during pregnancy I I was my bump was fairly neat and um yeah I didn't have a major sort of split but um but yeah I definitely felt it in my abs as I was starting to kind of get going again um
0: and that seems better now and did you do any preparation for labour like hypnobirthing or anything like that no um
1: I guess I haven't. No, no. I mean, nothing specific like that. Um, I kind of went into it winging it a little bit. I knew that the calmer I was, the better, and I knew that, but I didn't kind of do any breathing classes or, you know, um, just, did yoga like just yoga with me. So just yoga. So Just yoga breathing. Just yoga. Um, and actually, that kind of yoga breathing is, is, I think, is you know, pretty good to remember at that time. Oh gosh, yeah oh yeah
0: just to breathe. okay so amazing birth story I'm so happy you had such a wonderful birth Um, I'm going to end this podcast with a little bit of a quick fire so if you have advice to mums this is kind of I guess thinking about what you can share with mums if you had one bit of advice for a mum when she's just found out she's pregnant and is feeling a little bit all over the shop what would that be?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. I mean I think you, I think trying to stay as relaxed as possible throughout I mean, I think that applies to pretty much every part of pregnancy and childbirth and and having a baby. Yeah. I think the 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 less expectation I think you have and the more you can go with the sort of excuse the cliche, but go with the flow. Yeah. Um actually the better. Yeah, I think the more relaxed you can be and the more um, and I think, yeah, the more expectations you have, I think the more tendency there there is to get stressed if it doesn't quite fit the box or, you know, that you, you want it to.
0: Absolutely. And then same question for labour. For a mum who has labour approaching, what's the biggest bit of advice you can give? Um, it's very similar, actually. And I think, like I said,
1: I... I think what... I didn't have a very strict birth plan. My birth plan was get the baby out safely and um, if and, and sort of have as little intervention as needed mm. but if it's needed, it's needed and I think I worry sometimes when people have such sort of fixed birth plans or and complicated birth plans that actually you're setting yourself up for failure yeah. and that the more, again, the more you can kind of just roll with the situation um, and have whatever you need at that time and yeah. I think it's hard to know what you're going to need. Yeah. So yeah, I think I this think actually having a very a very relaxed and um open ended birth plan. Yes. I think. I think it's important for people to know what your preferences are because I can understand that in the in the heat of labour, if you've got some very strong opinions on things, you kind of you don't want them to be um uh, you do want them, you know, those to, to be kind of expressed and obviously your partner comes into that and knowing what you kind of you want, but actually mm. I think one of the worst things you can do is have a very complicated strict plan of what you want yes. because I just think you're setting yourself up for failure
0: now on to slightly more material questions. Mm. what pram do you have and do you like it? I have an upper baby vista um it
1: uh yes, I do like it uh, it's got a massive basket underneath which is great if you're kind of doing a mini supermarket shop mm-hmm. um and adapters for car seats to go on top and all that kind of stuff the only downside to it it is it it, it, i mean i've got i've got a bmw1 series so it's a kind of it's not a big car but it's you know got a reasonable size boot same as a golf or and you know whatever Mm. else and and it does take up the whole boot but it does fit in yeah but i don't think it would fit in a car that was smaller than that yeah um so yeah i guess that's the downside it is it is quite big um but no it's great seems good but yeah it's quite bulky
0: do you have a piece of baby gear that you could not be without? Ooh. Could be anything. Anything at all. Um probably an early baby. <laughs> yeah. <That's so> good, <laughs> um,
1: yeah. and um, definitely the sling of choice. Yeah. Um and yeah, gives you flexibility
0: to do stuff. Is there something you bought that you wish you hadn't, and you thought, "Oh God, that was a waste of time"? not I don't think anything major
1: because I was a, I tried not to buy everything beforehand. Yeah. And actually, also, I've got quite a few friends who have had babies ahead of me, and I have I was lent like the most amazingly ridiculous amount of stuff, like from clothes to toys to a crib sleepy head like there was lots of things i didn't have to spend money on because i'm very you know have friends who very kindly lend stuff so actually yeah no i can't think that i have bought anything that wasn't um and i tried not to kind of buy too much stuff on the basis that you, know, you can get stuff so quickly these days that yeah if you needed something you could probably have it delivered within 24 hours absolutely
0: absolutely well I think that concludes our Speedy Birth Story podcast. Your baby has been way quieter than my baby. I know what's going on. Thank you so much for joining me. And thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. As always, get in contact if you would like on Mum Talk Podcast Instagram or mumtalkpodcast at gmail.com. I will check in with you guys next week. Lots of love. Bye.